This episode of The Yarn is sponsored by Heinemann and their professional book, The Artful Read Aloud, 10 Principles to Inspire, Engage, and Transform Learning. Colby talked with author Rebecca Bellingham about the book. So I was really thinking a lot about how can I really, you know, lean on my experience and my knowledge as an artist and an actress and help teachers with very concrete tips to kind of make their read-alouds that much more meaningful and effective and artistic and special using the tools that I know well as, a, as an artist and an, an actress. How can I leverage all those tools or kind of you know, think about how to break those things down and make them doable, actionable for teachers. If you work with kids, you know how special read-aloud time can be. The Artful Read-Aloud will help make your story times unforgettable. Visit Heinemann.com to learn more and order a copy. Welcome to The Yarn, a school library journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. Very excited to share the third episode in our mini-series with Kirkus Prize finalist and debut author Alicia D. Williams. We sent her a recorder back in 2015. Her job was to just record herself and talk about the process of publishing her very first book, Genesis Begins Again. In today's episode, Alicia talks about her struggles trying to figure out exactly what is her writing process. She shares how trying to copy other authors' process doesn't always result in what you hoped for. I hope you like today's episode. Take it away, Alicia. The thing I just realized is that we're all looking for our process. I remember when I was in grad school, that was the question that always came up to faculty members. Well, what's your process? How'd you get it done? How'd you, what, what do I need to do? You know, turn around three times and sit that before I sit down. Everybody wants to know the process. And I remember Claire Rudolph Murphy saying, you just have to figure it out yourself. Everyone works differently and you have to figure out what, what works for you. I didn't copy my process off of anyone. It was just how my brain worked. I, I am old. Some people use a writing program. I'm, I'm still on a word uh, and I have to scroll through a hundred thousand times and just do control find. That's the most technology I have on my computer. Um, eventually I upgrade and get a, a writing program, but right now I have to write everything down, uh, take my notes like old school and my brain just worked with putting everything up on the wall so I can visually see it. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to work for my friend or not when she tries it, but it's a start, I assume, and she'll figure out what'll work. Just like her process for writing picture books, and she's publishing picture books. It might be different from many others, and it might not even work for me if I asked her. So this also goes to say that everyone has their own process. Um, while I was at Hamlin last uh, week, a couple weeks ago, we had a few of our faculty members talking about the writing life. And I think that question came up again. And Gary uh, D. Schmidt said that he wakes up, you know, he'll have his morning routine and he, he writes in his, uh, in the back, he has a house in the back of his and a little, a cabin like, 
and with the old typewriter and the he lights his oven there. He has an old <laughs> oven, just like <laughs> just like rustic, I guess. He lights the oven, let it warm up, goes to walk the dog, comes back and and he gets started. He said he pushes he'll 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 write a chapter every day. He'll but every day he'll revise the chapter before and then go on to the next chapter. And he may work on several projects at a time. So that's great for him. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's a great idea. I'll just get started by writing the chapter, revising the chapter before and going on. That works for him. But then there was Cole Booth, who says she never, she never looks at it. She just keeps going. She just keeps plowing through it. And um, and Gene Yang, he said, oh, I have to. I have to constantly look at it. So everyone had a, you had all these award-winning authors and they had a different way of doing it. Now, one thing that surprised me that they said, they don't share their work with anyone. Now, we were always been told, you know, get a writer's group so you can share and have a writing buddy so you can share your work and get feedback and blah, blah, blah. None of them admitted, well, Jing Yang admitted that his wife reads it and he has somebody else that reads it as well as he, as he keeps going. But Jean and Cole, they, they don't have it. They don't like to share it. And I have a writing buddy and I look back at him and uh, he looked back at me. I was like, you know, you still, we're still writing buddies, right, Andy? Because I need that accountability for myself that I have a deadline with him. I have to get pages for him to review and I guess the scariest part is they're sloppy drafts it's the first sloppy draft and I have had to give myself permission to write the first sloppy draft in fact it was my um, writing partner who I went to and emailed and was like I can't get this freaking thing started what's the problem and he was like listen you wrote one book you can write another one and with his gentle tone just calm down basically you can do it. Just start and don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. That's when I started picking up Bird by Bird again. And I read Bird by Bird. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. I just need to write a word at a time, Bird by Bird. And, and give myself permission to write the first sloppy draft. Which, mind you, I went through this whole ordeal with the first book. Oh, I can't write it. Oh, my gosh. And... Give myself permission to write a sloppy draft. I, I went through the whole thing. It's like I'm starting all over again. My brain forgot that it even went through the whole process. So I'm giving myself a permission to write the first sloppy draft. I'm giving myself permission not to not to copy anybody else's um, process unless unless I you know figure I just desperately am stuck and need to try it. But I think the problem today when I looked at my um. My manuscript that I'm starting on, I was like, oh my gosh. I started reading through it and I became paralyzed. I was like, this is horrible. Look at this. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm telling. I'm not even showing everything. I'm telling. And I started critiquing my work and I just couldn't even move on. And I went to the picture book and I got stuck on that. So I do think every every stage would probably be a different process. Like I, I realize now. Either I will be stuck trying to revise the first 80 pages like I did when I was in grad school, making them, holding them great 80 pages and never moving forward, or my process this time will be different. I may try Gary's and do the last chapter before, 
from the pre- previous day and move on. Or I may just be like her booth and just keep plowing through, not looking back. She said that, you know, in the middle of her first draft, it changed from third person to uh, 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 first person. And, you know, she just didn't, she needed to get that skeleton done. I might even have to do that. So you might just have to give yourself permission to either figure it out your process yourself or either way, try somebody else's process if you think that'll work. So I just realized that everybody is looking for that great formula, but unfortunately that formula might change from book to book or even from stage to stage, depending on where you are in the process. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you, Alicia, for being so open and honest with us. Thank you to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping me produce this episode. Travis and I are both NBA fans, and we're really excited to have the season back in our life. If I had to compare Travis to an NBA player, hmm, maybe I'd go with Kyrie Irving. Just kidding, Travis. You're definitely more of an Andre Iguodala type. Always reinventing yourself in creative ways, not afraid to try something new. You always put the team first. Thanks for being awesome, Travis. Thank you to Philip Stead for creating our theme song, and thank you to Heinemann Publishing for sponsoring this episode. Uh, check out their website. They're doing some really great things. If you have an idea for a season or episode of The Yarn, shoot us an email, theyarnpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Colby Sharp. Thank you for listening. Thank you.